Ultra. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one ring reveal at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. There's a lot of those. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're talking about Minute 149, which starts with Frodo saying, you tried to tell me, I'm sorry, and ends with Faramir plucking the ring out from under Frodo's shirt. Uh, out from under Frodo's shirt with his the tip of his sword. I don't know that I would use the word plucking. Plucking implies fingers. I get like picking. Like he's like sweeping it out. Yeah. He's fishing. Either way. He's going fishing. David Wenham actually didn't trust himself to do that, so a double actually did that. Why? He thought he didn't trust himself to do that and not Nick Elijah Wood because the hero swords are actually quite pointy at the end. Oh. And they had to do it with a hero sword so that it doesn't wobble in the shot. Right. And David Wenham was just like, you know... I don't want to kill the lead. We kind of, we practiced this, but I never really trust myself to do it. So I had to double do that. Hmm. Yeah. He just, you know, he was worried about it. Yeah. I don't want to cut Elijah Wood's chest, which features rather heavily in the trilogy. Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> in a roundabout way, I suppose. There are not a whole lot of shots of the ring in the second movie. No. There's much more in the first. Well, yeah, it's the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, you've got to set up the threat of the ring and set up the powers of the ring and all that stuff. So there's not a whole lot of shots of the ring in the second movie. Mm-hmm. Is When was the last time we saw the ring? Was it Frodo before the Dead Marshes? Stroking it with his finger? Maybe? Seems like an awful long time ago, but I think it is. I don't know if that's right. But I can't imagine... I can't think of another one. Yeah. Didn't go back and look. But <laughs> It was yesterday, a while ago. Yesterday, I told our our listeners that if they're watching the movie to really pay attention to the background in this scene, mm. and almost exactly halfway through this minute, like just after the 30-second mark, when the camera pans around to be behind Faramir, the barrels are gone. And Frodo and Sam have switched places. <laughs> Which That's is a... so funny. It's like such a blatant inconsistency. Like, how did that happen? But, you know, if you're really drawn into the drama of the moment, you really won't notice it. Yeah. Because you're just you're just drawn into the movie. Right. It's like, oh, no, he's here. Yeah. There's like this there's this nice sound cue right before Faramir comes into the room. I, I really like this little scene with Frodo and Sam. It's been a while since we get a good just Frodo and Sam scene. Is this the first time Frodo is admitting to himself as well as others that the ring has more power over him than he has over it? I think so, yeah. I am, It's a big moment. I'm actually really glad that they have this, this um, quiet moment with Frodo and Sam because... Like, at the end of last minute, he says, you were right. And then he apologizes. And I was like, why is he apologizing? 
Because I forgot that that Lula Sam Lula's... spent like the whole first movie being like, we shouldn't even do this. No, no, no. I think that Frodo is alluding to when they're in the stream, and Sam is saying like, "Can't you hear yourself? Like, can't you? Can't you? Like, don't you see that the ring oh. has power over you?" And he's apologizing specifically for that. Yeah, I think so because Frodo lashes out and says like, "What do you know?" Blah blah blah, and you know, mm. you know what I'm talking about. See, I've never taken this as an apology for that moment. I've always taken this as an apology for when they're in Rivendell, like the night before the council, and Sam, like, really taught, like, telling Frodo, you know, our deed here is done. It's time to go home. Oh, see, I, because it was nice to have the reminder, because after he says, I'm sorry, he clarifies and says, the ring is taking me, Sam. And... I think that's a big step for Frodo because he's admitting that this is taking, like, he knew it would take a, a toll, but he, yeah. I feel like he's been, I feel like he's known, but he hasn't want to, wanted to say it out loud. Like, he hasn't wanted to admit it. Like, he's been, he's been in denial the whole movie. Well, yeah, that, that, uh, that interaction with Gollum when he's stroking the ring mm -hmm. and Gollum's like, you should be sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first time that Frodo is confronted by someone about his his connection with the ring yeah and he doesn't like Gollum or Smeagol as the case may be it was well, Gollum probably first. Gollum like Frodo feels like he and Gollum are connected so it's fine that Gollum points it out but I think he really takes umbrage with Sam pointing it out because then like oh, well, it's obvious, and I don't want to deal with it, so I'm going to lash out at Sam. And I think he's apologizing for that moment. Well, it's like someone confronting somebody about, like, their alcoholism. Right. And it's just like, you need to get help. And it's just like, I don't, like, what do you know of it? I don't mean anything, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I guess, I guess I've always just kind of interpreted some of the statements in this scene as, like, separate thoughts. Mm. As, like, him being like, you tried to tell me, Sam, I'm sorry we ever came on this journey, is, like, how I interpret that, I'm sorry. Well, I don't think that they're sorry that they ever came on this journey because I feel like that him apologizing and saying, like, it wasn't worth it undercuts the final scene of the movie. Because mm. I've always taken this as an echo of his conversation with Gandalf right before Gandalf gives him that fate talk. Yeah. I've always kind of taken this as an echo of that same sentiment of, like, I wish it had never come to me. Like, that same deal. But, like, why would you need to echo that? Because this is a really dark moment for Frodo. Stated. I like, and like I I think there's a lot of echoes in like dark moments and in, in works, especially in movies. Yeah, like you always call back to previous like low points in a trilogy. I I kind of like it as a more like interpersonal thing instead of like a sweeping metaphysical mm. thing. Mm. Like I'm sorry, I was a jerk. You were right. You were trying to tell me. You were just being my bro. Yeah. I can't control it anymore. If I put the ring on, if he'll I find me. On, he'll, he'll find me. He'll see me. Yeah. And then Faramir bursts into the room. Yep, he sure does. And these are book lines. They specifically call them out as book lines in the commentary. Hmm. And I went and found them. They sound. Oh, some of the book lines sound awkward, but there's something about his performance that just makes them right because like in legit the, in the book. He's being, like, kind of sarcastic and kind of playing at betraying them after talking about Boromir's fate. Do you want to um, yeah, read uh, him? 
because in the book, all these lines come right after uh, Sam and Frodo have told Faramir what happened to Boromir and like their time with him from Rivendell to Lorien and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Faramir also refers to Frodo as having something of an elvish air about him, about his his poise and his stature. That's just from growing up around Bilbo, right? Yeah, from all the, the stories of elves and learning elvish and learning their way of speaking. Yeah. And where is it? It's right here. It says, uh, so this first is, so the the thing right before this is Sam talking. He's just talking about how he always puts his foot in his mouth. And he says, now look here, sir. Don't you go taking advantage of my master because his servants know better than a fool. You've spoken very handsome all along. Put me off my guard, talking of elves and all. But handsome is as handsome does, we say. Now's a chance to show your quality. And then Faramir says this stuff in the book. It says, so it seems, said Faramir, slowly and very softly with a strange smile. So that is the answer to all the riddles. The one ring that was thought to have perished from the world... And Boromir tried to take it by force, and you escaped, and ran all the way to me. And here in the wild I have you, two halflings and a host of men at my call, and the Ring of Rings, a pretty stroke of fortune, a chance for Faramir, captain of Gondor, to show his quality. He stood up very tall and stern, his gray eyes glinting. That also ends with a ha, but I'm really bad at like doing that without <laughs> screaming into the mic. So like he laughs at the end of this paragraph. Mm. And then he, he stands up and he's kind of smiling, but a little stern. I like that the line, show his quality, is from the book, too. Yeah. And it's from Sam being like, well, now it's your turn to show us that you're as that good you're as you're... Decent. That you're as good as the words you've been pouring on me. Mm. Because Sam, Sam feels like he's just being been buttered up and tricked to, like, spill all this stuff about yeah. Frodo and Boromir. And then Faramir just kind of laughs it off mm-hmm. by, like kind of jabbing at Sam about, well, maybe I can just take the ring from you guys. So in the in the book, it's supposed to be kind of like a joke while he's still kind of getting to know them and like keeping them on their guard, but mm-hmm. not being very serious about it. But here they've turned it into like a very a threat. serious threat. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It's it's just, it's all about the tone. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like, I, I really like the book lines, the, the kind of the nature of some of them. Because, but it doesn't lend itself to a threat. Like saying, oh, a pretty stroke of fortune doesn't sound like something someone who's seriously trying to threaten you would say. Yeah. And you wouldn't, and like the echo of a chance for Faramir of of Gondor to show his quality, like that just makes it sound sarcastic to like echo the line from the previous paragraph. Right. I I absolutely understand why they changed it uh, from Ring of Rings to Ring of Power. Because that's what they've referred to it as, like the the One Ring or the Ring of Power, right? And they've they've removed the like Boromir tried to take it by force thing because Faramir doesn't know that, right. In the movie, right? Does he ever learn that? I don't think so. I'm trying to remember, but my memory is failing me. No, I think when Sam is um, yelling at him, it's like, "Don't you understand?" Like, oh yeah, I don't remember if he. And that's like right off here. My brain is just like. Nope. I don't remember. It's hard to keep everything, like, straight when you're also trying to, like, not think about what comes after the minute you're on, but it inevitably comes up, and then it's just like, well, we're not there yet, and I haven't watched this movie again since we started doing this. I'm just watching it minute by minute. Right. So I can't remember, because I'm filling my brain with all the other stuff. Right? Just filling your brain with all the other stuff before all these moments. Right. We'll find out organically, I guess. But I always think it's cool whenever I can, like, 
whenever they say it's a book line and I can actually like put my finger on it right away in the book mm. because there's really not a lot of Faramir in the two towers. Yeah, I didn't realize that Faramir, you said he was only in like two chapters. It's like two and then like maybe the end of one and the beginning of another. So like he might technically be in four, Hmm. but like he's only really having conversations with them in two chapters. In like two and a half. Because like he talks to to them about uh, like the dangers of the past of Minas Morgul and Kyr Thungal and all that too. Hmm. Because he gets it out of Gollum where he's bringing them. Like he has a, a conversation with Gollum in the book. Because he turned you Gollum. You should have done that here, my dude. Because Frodo is just like, I told you I would go down to him and bring him to you peacefully. If you hurt him, you've made me not a man of my word. And Faramir is just, well, as you'll have it, I guess. Mm. He does tie Gollum up pretty tightly. Still, like, he doesn't trust Gollum at all. Right. But he doesn't, like. But have... he doesn't, like, beat the snot out of him. No, he doesn't. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's just, you know, Faramir comes across as a very gentle noble person Mm -hmm. in the book but that would really just kind of steal the power of this of all this like middle moment stuff yeah the tension yeah it would just rob all the tension out of the section of the movie yeah i understand their impulse to make faramir not as like noble-hearted because the thing that makes a story interesting is conflict and in the book, there's very little conflict with Faramir. Yeah, because Faramir is not like a character of importance to the conflict of the story in the book. He is a a passage from uh, from the Black Gate to Minas Morgul. Yeah, he's a threshold character. Yeah, he is just there to facilitate part of the journey. Mm-hmm. He's not there to be part of the conflict. Yeah, he's a plot point. Right, and that works in a book. Right. But it doesn't really work in a movie. Well, actually, I don't even know if it works in a book. It works in that book. I think in general, I mean, it worked in The Hobbit as well with Bayorn. That's all Bayorn is. Right, but I'm saying, like, if if someone wrote a fantasy novel now. I mean, you always have, like, your Butterburrs, the innkeep that's of no consequence that's a threshold character in, like, fantasy stories. There's always characters that are of no real consequence. Yeah, that's fair. But, like, they don't pop up in the next one with like an important i don't know maybe i guess i mean faramir's story is ultimately not of incredible importance to the overall arc of the 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 book anyway Mm -hmm. it's a part of gondor's narrative but the story itself is really about frodo's journey in particular yeah that's true so what happens outside of that isn't treated the same as you know what happens to frodo and faramir is essentially i mean Kind of feels weird to say this, but like Faramir is basically an innkeep. He's just there for them to have a place to stay in the wilderness. He's he's like Butterbur or Bayorn. Yeah. He's just in two towers. He's just out in the woods with a small army. As you do. As you do. Just guys being dudes. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's the long and short of it when it comes to Faramir. Yeah, he's a bit, he's just a glorified innkeeper in the book. Mm. Yeah. So this all of this is so incredibly different in the book that it's just kind of. Like, I fully understand, and I think in regards to Faramir, they went too far. Yeah. But... I feel like some sort of compromise could have been made. Yeah. I get that they're a little crunched for time, and things like this happen, but makes me sad. I mean, this was the thing I was the mo- actually the most mad about when this movie came out, mm. when I was in high school. It was just like, what did they do to Faramir? <laughs> what did they do to my baby? <laughs> it's like, Faramir's <laughs> supposed to be, like, 
pure and awesome and everything Boromir wasn't in both a good and a bad way. Mm. Like, he's not the the leader of men, the natural charismatic guy in the same way that Boromir is. Right. He's not as strong of a warrior, but he has the respect of his men and he's a much more kind-hearted and pure-hearted person. Right. But, I mean, it, that also echoes Tom Bombadil, like, in the next book. As him being, like, an innkeep? Uh, as, like, a threshold character who's not influenced by the ring because they're not a part of that story. Oh, right, right, right. So is there, like, a trifecta? Is there one in Return of the King? I don't think, well, there's no one else that they interact with. That's true. The spider. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's not even... I mean, I, <laughs> it's you the could end of the say... Book. <laughs> you could say... Although in the book it's still in Two Towers, but you could say that the third character affected in this way by the ring that is ultimately not tempted by it is Sam. So it does happen to three people. Oh, but it happens to Aragorn in the first... Or is that just a movie That's thing? a movie thing when he puts the ring back in Frodo's hand. So in the context of like the book, there are three characters who handle the ring tempted by and it. aren't tempted by it. Because the ring tries to tempt Sam and Sam is just like, but Frodo... <laughs> Um, nah, pass. So yeah, I get. I mean, in the con in the book, that still happens in two towers, but right. But I guess he does make three, and that makes it a pattern, not a coincidence. Right. Yeah, other than like pointing out the barrels in the book line, <laughs> like the barrels thing is so funny. Yeah, because once you see it, it's so obvious every time you watch this scene. But to me, more than the barrels is the fact that Frodo and Sam switch places. <laughs> Well, that's like what we were talking about with Merry and Pippin and the um, the orc thing, right? Yeah. Like, and like the not walking even, is really weird. But they don't even switch places in the same spot in the room. They're back because Sam went to the right side of the room where the barrels with the barrels to talk to Frodo. But when it swings back around to Faramir, they're on the left side of the room, and Frodo and Sam have switched places. <laughs> it's so funny. Yum. They just have like quick hide the barrels. Movie magic. I just, like, waved my fingers like a magician in front of the microphone. Because <laughs> I'm a dweeb. Like, mimicking Spongebob. Imagination. <laughs> the only other kind of note I have for all of this, and it carries into tomorrow, is the sound design of the ring in this movie. And how the sound design of the ring kind of has marked it now as a separate character from Sauron. Because there's less of the deep, groany, like, Sauron voice it mixed into the music and it's just solidly its own theme that's higher pitched mm. at this point. So it's been separated from Sauron long enough in the narrative that we're watching that it's starting to have its own music cue separate from Sauron, which I think's actually kind of cool to yeah. just like think about. And I'm just like, oh yeah, all the weird whispery stuff really isn't kind of here in the same way that it was in Fellowship. Right. It just kind of starts with that that kind of higher note and just carries through into next minute. Well, it makes sense with fellowship because you're trying to establish these two separate threats that are like, you know, the same threat. Yeah. Question mark. Well, you got to sell that the ring is ultimately part of Sauron. Right. But here, like we haven't seen Sauron in a while. And Except the ring, in that montage. And the ring is given more, I guess, legitimacy as a villain, especially in this minute when Frodo admits that, He's, it's taking him. Yeah. And all the all the conflict between Frodo and Gollum and Smeagol... Is tied has to led the up, ring. Right. And has led up to this moment yeah. for Frodo. Yeah. Like, all of that built to this admission of vulnerability on Frodo's part. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, I just really like scenes like this. Like, 
I like seeing a protagonist be very vulnerable because it helps sell the relatability of a protagonist for me. Right. I'm not all just like action movie power fantasy all the time. I mean, I like those sometimes, but right. like... But like the vulnerability, like the flaws in a character are what make those characters human. Yeah. Ultimately, most people are defined by their flaws and not their their merits. Yeah. So for a character to be vulnerable, especially in this like situation... Yeah. It speaks a lot to Frodo's character that like he's admitting the fact that he is being tempted by the ring constantly like he can't put it on right. and but there's still like the 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 Frodo that admits that Sam was right is still like the Frodo at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. And like the temptation the, of the ring the trilogy. The temptation of the ring stuff here like it constantly gnawing at Frodo and all this all this stuff from like the first movie when it like forced itself onto his finger in Bree, and he saw all the the wraith the wraith world stuff, and mm-hmm. then on, on Weathertop when he tried to use it and all that other stuff, and then here when it would be most advantageous for him to use it, he knows he can't, and the person he's been relying on for emotional support tells since he separated too. tells him to do the one thing that the ring wants him to do, and he knows he can't or he'll lose. Yeah, like. That's got to be such a hard blow to Frodo's defenses in this moment for the person he's relying on for emotional support to be like, do the thing, do the thing that you shouldn't do. Yeah. And I think that that's what breaks Frodo to like become vulnerable in that moment. Mm -hmm. But deep down, I think there is also that threat of like Frodo can't abandon Sam. He just can't do it. Not, not yet. The ring hasn't broken him that badly right yeah right yeah that's what i i guess what i'm trying to say like the frodo who doesn't give in to his paranoia or his anger or his sadness just flat out like admits that he is wrong is like frodo like at his core yeah and not like ring corrupted frodo right it's not whatever frodo's equivalent golem personality is right right like the the paranoid, violent person created by the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're from the website duelinggenre.com. And if anybody wants to get in on the conversation about all the stuff we've been talking about this week and in any past episode, you should head over to the Facebook listener group, The Fellowship of the Mike. And you should also check us out on Apple Podcasts. Maybe leave us a five-star review if you feel so inclined. It really helps us out. We'll be back tomorrow to finish out the week and talk more about Faramir and his chance to show his quality. Bye. Bye.